What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 117, that's right, episode 117 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Go rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Today's show former Detroit Piston Horace Jenkins joins in to discuss his journey from Division Three college basketball to eventually playing in the NBA and so much more, man. I'll leave Horace's Facebook page in the description to learn more about Horace. You know you could follow me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Tony, like what you guys doing? Did a little research on it, man. It's it's you know it's it's something real good, man. I like the platform that you got going on, um, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Appreciate you, appreciate you. What jumps out most about your career is that uh, you played at the Division three level and then ended up playing in the NBA. But obviously, there's more to the story. Um, where did your hoop journey begin? In Elizabeth, I'm from Elizabeth, New Jersey. Um, born and raised. Um, that's where everything began for me. I went to Elizabeth. Played uh, for Benny Candelino. Okay, okay. So when you were in high school, were you on that so-called river? Like, were you were, were you ranked high? Were you a big-time recruit? Like, no, 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 no. How was high school for you? High school was – my senior year, I was ineligible. Okay. So academically eligible or whatever because I just lost focus, got lazy in the classroom. It cost me my senior year. But um, I did have some opportunities. Not nothing with two major schools, but I wasn't highly ranked. Um, I did play with on some highly touted teams, and one of our the guy who started ahead of me with the UNLV, Lawrence Thomas, who was a pretty good high school player uh, in New Jersey at the time. But um, that you know, I, I was always challenged, you know, by um, my mentor, my uncle, close family members to me. I just about if I wanted to be the best, about you know preparing myself to be the best, going out practicing every day, and not just allowing myself to to dictate the offer of my book, you know. So just because sometimes you're not ranked high, if that's not the, the the end of your story, I mean, you can right put the author of your book and you get to write the chapters that you want. So um, you just got to go out there and prepare yourself mentally, just as well as, well as physically, and Whatever task is asked upon you, or whatever obstacles or mercy that you face, you got to be willing to overcome it. Yes, yeah. it was a hunger in me that just wanted success. You know what I mean? Right. Do you feel like Do you feel like you were a late bloomer, or are you more just slipped through the cracks? You already were. Yeah, I think I slipped through the cracks. I mean, okay. there's it, it, nothing wrong with being a late bloomer, right? Um, and I, I don't, you know, not no one who becomes a late bloomer. I mean, that's a blessing in itself as well. But right. I think I just slipped through the cracks because the opportunities, um, like not playing my senior year, I think that really, that really um, stalled a lot of things for me. You know what I'm saying? Where, where if there was interest from schools, 
you know, once that happens, uh, the, the interest backs away. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, no school or no university wants to take a chance on someone that they can't trust in the classroom. And it wasn't that. I was always a good student, but it's just, you know, not getting the chance to play as much as I would like my junior year. I just kind of just lost focus, you know. Just uh, allowed that to sidetrack me and not, you know, apply myself academically as I should, as I did all other years of school. And that was a blessing. I'm going to see the best thing to happen to me because it taught me a lot about life. And sometimes when you're on the outside looking in, it's, it's tough because I didn't get a chance to build with my basketball brothers and, you know, having to watch them and not being, being able to do anything about that. It was tough. But what it did, it helped me become a lot more responsible than I ever was because I wouldn't allow anything or anyone to come in between, you know. Right. Right. So you, so you, you ended up taking the JUCO route, which a lot of right. play, a lot of players did. I took the JUCO route. I've had uh, Ray for Austin on the show. He took the JUCO route. I've had right. Smush, Smush on the show. He took the JUCO route. So it's right. a high, even Larry Johnson, it's a high level. Um, obviously, a lot of people take that route because of grades. But what was your reasoning to take the JUCO route? My because um, I, I felt it was the best opportunity for me to, to because I didn't play my senior year. So going through the JUCO route would allow me to play right away. I wouldn't okay. have no stipulations and, you know, having to go maybe Prop 48 or, or, or do all the things that I didn't want to do. And the Juco route for me was a better opportunity because, it, you know, I had someone like what I learned throughout the course of my journey. All it takes is one coach or one university or one school to believe in you and really, you know, put their trust into you. And all you, you know, you just need one opportunity. And I'm speaking just from experience for myself. I went to a JUCO, and then from a JUCO, you know, I wound up going to Division Three school after enrolling back after my um, my older son was born. So, right, you know, it was it was good for me because I got a chance to really get my name back. Um, what's the best best way to get my name back out there? Once I was right. able to get my name back out there, you know, and then it was like I was 19 at the time. I was averaging 20 points. I started to get um, a few looks, and, you know, it was good for me. Yeah. That came, you know, my um, my son. Yeah. So I was having a child, was born, and that just kind of, I wouldn't say it derailed. A little, a, little, a little detour, a little detour. Yeah, a little detour. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. That's exactly what it was because I was working full-time, I was going to school full-time, and I was playing basketball. So that's a lot to show the – at right. that time, at 19. So after the first year, things were very well for me. Things were looking up. Things were looking promising. I had some interest. My name started to buzz. And when I rolled back into, I mean, when I went back in uh, the following year of 94 in September, I just got overwhelmed. You know, I was trying. Was this you Juco? Know, You're still talking about Juco? Yeah, still talking about Juco. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. Because I did one year at Juco. It was just like, I just got overwhelmed. At 19, I was trying to channel so much uh, you know be taking on a responsibility as a father is and, and you know obviously I know you could attest to that just you know having a child of your own it's just a lot of responsibility yes those yes. responsibilities are a little more easy to deal with when you're when you're an adult <laughs> a full adult and I was 19 so I was trying to work I was trying to take care um take care of my son and I was trying to play basketball and it was just it was hard because I couldn't really fully commit the way that I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't miss practices or anything, but my mind was just all over the place. I got to go to work 
today and from work on man gotta get my son and so forth so on so i was just overwhelmed so after my um sophomore year my first semester i decided to just take a leave of absence i didn't roll back into um school my the the, the, um, the third semester over the the fall semester i mean i'm sorry the spring semester and i just worked Right. And, uh, what, kind of, what kind of jobs did you have? I did well? postal service work and I did electric uh, electrical work. And electrical work was just, it was kind of by mistake because a friend of mine who I knew, his father owned the company and was looking for helpers. And I kind of learned on the fly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, right. So it was good for me because it was bringing in steady income. At that time, I was getting like $18, $19 per hour or per, per light fixture that I did. And sometimes I would get 20 something light fixtures a night. And at that time, I just felt like you know, having a son and having a steady cash flow, the money was good. And you know, I, I became not complacent, but I was just comfortable and content with what I was doing. But in that process, I kept putting I kept putting school to the back burner. Like, OK, I'm going to go next semester. All right, I'm going to go next semester. Two semesters turned into, you know, before I knew it, it was two years. And I always knew I was going to go back to school. It was just a matter of the timing of it. You know, I was able to, throughout the course of me working, save up enough money to when I go back to school, just in case of any type of emergency, my son will be taken care of. And I can fully just focus on school, education, and, you know, fulfilling just dreams of uh, graduating and, you know, hopefully playing professional basketball. You know, it's a blessing that it, it all it all fell in those exact the pieces fell together in that exact order. So it's just a blessing in disguise, man. And each time that I speak about it to this day, you know, it's humbling for me because as I speak about it, I gain even more of an appreciation than I already did because, you know, when it was happening, it was a part of life. So I didn't really look at it. Right. It was like but, a step by step process. Right, 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 right. It's but, not it's not like it's not like you were working in the post office and you were in the NBA the next day. It's, right, 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 right. It was a process, right. And and it takes patience. Like what I what I what I learned is to take patience because the basketball aspect of it, like I, I was just so you know, I was good at the time. I was real, real good. You you know, you hear from so many people, man, man, you got game, man. You need to get back to school, you need to get back to school. And then I'm telling them, I'm going to go back to school, I'm going to go back to school. And then it's just kind of, I tell them I'm going to go back to school. And then the next semester, I'm not going back to school. So it kind of almost looked like I'm bull-jobbing people. But it wasn't. It was just a process for yeah. me. Yeah. I think a lot a lot, a lot, lot of players have uh, detours. But, I mean, I think and sometimes it's not for the best reasons. Yours was an admirable reason. So right. You know, uh, while you were going through that, while you were working jobs, when you went, when you went back to the, to the Division three school, William Patterson, correct? Yes. Yeah. Was it you just wanted to hoop, or you were like, "I'm gonna, tr- I'm trying to get to the league eventually"? Like, what was your mindset going into that Division three school? I actually like this question pretty good because it, I can touch base on a lot. Right. For one, for one, I wanted to pursue a college degree, which I was been okay. the first one in my family to get a college degree. Right, and right. I needed family. I should say that. Um, and I wanted to continue to set the bar high and be a good example to my son. You know what I'm saying? Like going to school, you know, getting education, pursuing a lifelong dream. So, you know, when he got older, I can tell him or people can tell him, you know, man, your dad sacrificed a lot for you, but he also went back to school to do this. But And I always knew, Drew, that if I got the opportunity 
I've I already envisioned being becoming a professional basketball player. I just I just knew it because of the work that I put into it. Like I always wanted to be the best at what I did, and I always challenged myself by everywhere I played, everywhere I went, I would always play against the best player. If this guy's the best, I got him because that's how I was able to always measure myself. And yeah. Before I know it, I start playing against some of the best competition just in the tri-state. And I was just, I had continuous success over and over again. And your name start to buzz and really get around to different people. And now it's kind of like you set a bar for yourself that you become the hunted, right. not the hunter. Right. Yeah. And as a competitor, like I, I always lived up to those challenges because I never wanted to get my ass kicked. Excuse my, my mouth. But, oh, no worries. No. So when I got back into Wynn Patterson, that was just whole, my whole mindset. But the way that I got back into Wynn Patterson, it's a funny story because I was actually playing in a pro-am in North New Jersey in Branchville Park. And the teammate of mine at the time was actually going to um, – Going to win it. He already enrolled in Wayne Patterson. And, you know, he would throw little signs at me like, hey, hey, Horace, man, I think you should try to come here or whatever. But I was I was actually two weeks from leaving to go to uh, what's the junior college that Steve Francis went to? Oh, man. Mount St. Mount Jacinto or something? I, I forget. Jacinto? Mount St. Jacinto? Yes. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, California, right? Yeah, it's not that. It was one that he went to before that one. And I, it's in Maryland, where he's okay. from, what uh, the area he's from. Oh, I think it's Indian C- Hills. No, it's no. Not, I, I, I no, I think it's Cecil Community College. Okay, okay. But they, they had a, they had a highly, uh, they, they had a real good schedule where they you know travel, play some of the top JUCOs in the country. And I talked. This coach was I talked to him every day, every single day I talked to him. But the the biggest thing was like that I would have to leave out of state. So going into Maryland, that's two three states away from where I. Where I'm from, whatever, which is kind of like I didn't want to do it, but I understand in order for me to to get to what my ultimate destination would have been, I, it's a sacrifice that I had to make. But the way God works, it's, it's amazing, man, because I'm playing in Branchwood Park with um, my teammate, Mufi Thomas, and I'm just having one of those games. College, the, the, um, my college coach was actually at the game, just coming to keep um, updates on my one of my best friends will feed and he's watching me play. You know, I'm just having one of those games. I hit two NBA threes. I come down, I dunk, you know, a couple of isolations of score. And it was just one of those games. And the whole time he's just looking at me. Who is this? The, co- the coach of William Patterson? Yeah. The coach of William Patterson. Yeah. Okay. So we in the timeout and I just see him keep pointing and looking at me, but I don't know who this is. I'm just like, and this is kind of in an urban area. So it's just like, I'm like, why is it? Who is this guy? Why he keep pointing at me? So I asked my, I asked my, my teammate. I said, Mufi, do you know who this is? This guy keep like pointing. It almost made me uncomfortable to to a point because I don't like for someone to constantly keep pointing, looking in your direction, and pointing, pointing, and you don't know who they are. You obviously want to know what they're talking about. Right, right. Your rate, your rate, your radar's up. Your radar. Yeah, right, right. Way, way up to where I'm almost not focusing on the game anymore. Right, right. But you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Sometimes when you're not focusing on the game, you hit some other kind of level where you play even better. Yeah, yeah. And I had no idea. It's funny because, like I said, it was one of those things, and I had no idea who he was. Right. So it brought me into a much better comfort zone once 
when I asked Mufi, Mufi said, uh, oh, that's the a coach at William Patterson. That's my college coach or whatever. Okay. So when he said that, I'm like, I said, oh, that's why you're looking at me. So at the end of the game, Jose remember, that, that's, you know, that's my God to this day. He really changed my life. Like, and, and the impact that he helped make on my life. It's, not, it's indescribable. But he made a beeline straight to me. And he comes to me and he said, hey, how you doing? Um, my name is Jose Rabembez and I coach at William Patterson University. So we shook hands and he talked a little bit. He said, man, you're a hell of a player. He said, are you in school? And I said, nah, I'm actually in the process of going to school. In about two weeks, I'm going to, to Maryland um, to school or whatever. I got another year at JUCO. So I'm trying to take that JUCO route. And I, like, I was just trying to get into a program that I would have a chance to showcase, like maybe a Division One school or whatever. So Right. You were trying to get back on the route. To the league, right. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he gives me his card. Wow, that, that's good, man. You, need to, you know, you don't need to uh, waste this opportunity, man. You're you're a very talented person. I haven't seen no talent like this around here in, in quite some time. Right. So that was, that was encouraging to me. So he gives me his card. He said, "Look, well, if you're very serious about getting back in school, and if it's anything that I can do to help, you know, give me a call." Right. So from now, this is in Newark. I live in Elizabeth. So from Newark to Elizabeth, I'm just pondering, like, you know, I'm going to call him and see what he's talking about. Do you think he wasn't more aggressive with it because he thought you were a higher level player than what his program had to offer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I, 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 think. But I, I also I also know that there was the what if in his mind. What if I can get this guy? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's been out of school. He's, he's trying to get back in school. And he was genuine in saying if it's anything that he can do. Yeah. And it felt when he said that. You know, so, sometimes some people say that to you. Yeah. And it's words. You get what I'm saying? Like, you kind of read right through it. Like, uh, that's just cliche. He's thinking in the back of the head. You think I can? I, I wonder if I could get this guy. That's <laughs> what I know that. I know that for sure. I can tell from the vibes that I got from my right, conversation. Right, 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 right. That's what made me call him. Right. Because I wanted to see what he was talking about. Right, right. Right. So I, I, uh, the whole way home from North to Elizabeth, I'm pondering. So I said, you know what? I'm going to give him a call. So I get home. I give him a call. I give him a call. And when I give him a call, he's not home or whatever. His wife, Lisa, answered the phone. And Lisa says, I said, hello, how you doing? Is Jose available? Is Jose there? She said, no, he's, he didn't get in yet. Um, I asked his call. I said, yes, this is Horace. Um, he gave me his card. You know, he told me to give him a call or whatever. Now, I, I don't know if he, he had already called her to let her know, like, hey, Lisa, I just seen the guy. Yeah. No, this guy is, <laughs> is it. Whatever he said, I don't know. But she kind of had an idea this who I was. Right? He, he said, this guy has no business going to my school, but I probably right. get him. <laughs> right. right. So, so um, she said, oh, Harsh, yes. Um, I think he was actually looking for a call from you. So this is this is why I'm saying. I believe he. It was just that. What if? Right, that right, right. What if, what if in the back of his mind? So I said, okay, we're just telling my call. You know, thanks, thanks for um, telling my call. Nice meeting. So about a half hour go by. I'm about to leave out my house, and my mom called me, like, hey, um, someone's on the phone. Name Jose. He's calling for you. So we get on the phone and we talk for about an hour and a half. I tell him a little bit about my story and what I was trying to do and kind of how I took a detour to get to where I'm at right now. And right. he was he was thoroughly intrigued by what I said. 
know, and it's kind of just like, wow. Yeah, said, yeah. So did, did you ever think about staying local? I said, yeah, I, I would like to stay local because of my son or whatever the case is. But this is the opportunity to have right now. So I have to take advantage of this opportunity. And it's yeah. exact words like, well, how about you come take a look at Wayne Patterson or whatever? That's in Wayne, New Jersey. That's not too far from, you know, my son or whatever. And I didn't, I honestly didn't want to go too far. Yeah. And he said, well, how about I pick you up tomorrow at 7 in the morning? Now, I live in a project. You yeah. know, where I'm from, and like, if you're not from around, you're just going to pull up and be comfortable. <laughs> right, 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 right. Outside of my house, of my project at 6.45 a.m., I'm still half asleep. I'm not, because I didn't, I understand, I think he was going to come, but I didn't think he was like, you know, 7, okay, maybe 7.05, 7, no, he was there at six, 6.40 to be exact. I right. Don't, are you ready? I'm I'm outside. I get up, brush my teeth. I'm like outside. So I look out my window and he's like, he's outside. Yeah. So I get dressed. We go up to Wynn Patterson. You know, we talk. He was just like, um, hey, uh, I'm just happy I have the opportunity to help you. You you don't have to. I just want to show you this opportunity. I think you know this can really be a, a great situation for you. And we went up. We talked. Talk, we talk. He said, and if this is something that you want to do, I can guarantee you that I can get you. Uh, he didn't say the NBA. He said, I can get you to, to um, play professional basketball. That's what that's what his right. words. Right. And right. that was just, that was very very intriguing to me because I'm just like, he's sure about this. So maybe he see a lot more in me than I. And I, you know, I knew that I could do it. It's just like I'm trying. Let me to let me what, let me ask you let me ask you a question. Were there other coaches with the same sentiments? Were there other people around you? Saying that, like you could be a pro. I mean, I even think you could play in the NBA. Was there anybody else saying that? I had coaches say that, but it was kind of. I'm not gonna say it wasn't like it wasn't convincing, but it was kind of it was the cliche to yeah. cliche you thing really to feel say. It. You didn't really feel it, right? Right, yeah, because yeah. that's what everyone around was saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know when everyone starts to say that, you don't want to be the eyeball. So you gotta kind of. Right. Everybody else saying, "Oh yeah, like you said, the convincing part for me. That's the that's what he convinced me. Right, right. So we to the school. He takes me to the athletic, the um, athletic department. First, he takes me to admissions. A um, application form, wave application fee. He takes me to the athletic department. Now he walks in there. All the coaches are in there: softball, basketball, baseball, women's basketball, whatever. Right. Jesse, I'm on the phone. So he says he says to um to the the whole athletic department, this guy right here pointing to me is going to change our whole university around. In front of everybody. Yeah, in front of everybody. Oh wow. <laughs> he put a lot of pressure on. I'm looking now, everyone in the athletic the athletic director, everyone, the assistant athletic director, they turned around and looked at me like, wow. If he's going to change our university around, what is he doing here? And he just shook his head. He said, trust me when I tell you this. So now he done wrote a check for me. They expected me to cash it because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the word was very strong up there. You know, and if, it, if he said something like, you know, he followed through behind me or he believed him. They probably, he, probably, he probably never even said that before, to be honest, you know. Right, right. Yeah. So he helped change the program around. But right. when I got there... 
when I got when I got I had so now I had to enroll back into the union account and union and JUCO for a year for at least a semester in order to, to um, get eligible. Get eligible. Right, right, right. To get eligible. Right. That was that was a breeze. I knocked that out. I started practicing and um I think it was the Christmas break, maybe. And the team was struggling. It was three and five. I got oh, you, there. Oh, you, oh, you went. Ha- oh, you went in the middle of the season. Yeah, in the middle of the season. Got yeah. you, got you. Okay, okay. And so, when I so, so how was practice when you first got there? What did you feel when you were in practice? It was, it was, it was everything. It was everything. I mean, I dreamed of this. You know what I'm saying? I just always wanted to be in that environment. So now right. he had already been telling the team about me. I knew right. some some people. Some people heard of me, but it's just like there was a few people that like he's saying, look. This guy's going to be X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. And you know how some people just don't want to believe it. Right, right. I mean, they, they don't, they don't, they're not going to believe it until they see it. Right, 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 right. Because right, yeah. it's like, if he, if he is as advertised as he's saying, well, why is he here? Yeah, because they didn't, yeah of course. They didn't understand why. I was, right. You know, right. now when I got there, the first practice, I, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting the looks from some people like, who is it? Well, let's see if he's that good. Yeah, and I, I'll never forget after our first practice. Like I knew everybody on the first name basis. They knew me on the first name. The respect was cemented right then and there. Like you wow. could just tell. You could just tell. Yeah, yeah. Like this guy yeah. really is. He yeah. he's even more above than what he's what. what he's what, different. What he's different. Right, he's right, different. Right. He's different. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had one of my college teammates named Hassan, Hassan Garel. He told me. He said, "Hey, listen." He said, "H, I played against a lot of people, man." He said, I ain't never play against nobody. He said, bro, you special, man. You special. Yeah. You know, like that, it's, it's, it's very humbling for me. You know what I'm saying? Because I try to go out and put my best foot forth every time. You know, you want to leave a, a, a lasting memory in terms of your legacy because that's what you represent, your name. You, you know what I mean? Right, of course. And, uh, it just it just took off from there. We wound up going to the Final Four. I wound up getting Player of the Year. I wound up being the first team All American. But every, I all these things that I'm telling you, I envisioned that once I get the opportunity, I know that I'm gonna be an All American. I know that I'm gonna be a, a um a Player of the Year. I know that I, I really envisioned all that. And that was the team's first Final Four in school history. And you know we were three and five. We wound that, up. You went to the Final Four that first year. You went back. Were you on half a season? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's crazy. Okay. And 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 I missed the first eight games, the first half of the season. And what was the, what was the record again? You said three and five. five. Yeah, we're three and five. That's crazy. You went to final four. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. We we just turned it around because sometimes like a competitive spirit is infectious. You know, I always right, right, right. to win. You know what I mean? And I hate losing more than I like winning. You know what I mean? So of it was course, kind of, of course, definitely. I agree. Definitely. I sat. I sat out for so long, and I was just like, I was just so hungry for success. You know how, like, like when the when the dog's on a leash for so long, once he get off the leash, he just he don't know how to act. He just he want to go everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. That's almost like the opposite of being burnt out. You know, like somebody who's been playing forever, they're right. kind of just going through the motion. Right. You're like the opposite of that. Oh, total opposite. Total opposite. Right. I'm staying in the gym. I'm getting up extra shots. And the thing about it. As much as he was, he wanted it for me. He also saw that I wanted it for myself. Because right. I would tell him, "Look, I'm just going to go in the gym at seven o'clock, and he'll meet me in the gym at seven o'clock. We'll get up shots. I work out. I go to class. I come back. 
we got practice. After practice, I stay after workout because, like, I knew it. I knew the grind would have to be times two because it's a smaller school. Yeah, the route, the route you took, you needed right. more. Yeah, right, right. And, and I always tell people this, even from a numbers point of view, like, let's let's say we're talking about overseas, right? I mean, the lower level you play, the, the better your numbers have to be to get right. a job. You know right. I mean? Yep. Right. Yeah. Like if you so, play, if you play, if you play at North Carolina, you could average ten points to get a job. Yeah, but if you play and it's a small division three school, you have to dominate. One hundred percent. What I've learned, what I've learned, if you're good enough, they're going to find you, and that was my mentality. Like I'm yeah. going to make. Well, you proved that. You come. Prove I'm that going to sure. make these people come. I mean, because I remember coming to some of our games, and I would have Toronto. The Knicks, the Nets, the Pacers. The, Already the first year, or was this the yeah, second year? The second year. The second okay, year. Okay, okay, but gotcha. after my first year, the buzz had gotten so big that I guess people wanted to see for themselves. Man, who is this guy that everybody's talking about? You know what I'm saying? Because right. I, I was actually close to declaring after my junior year. But Marty Blake, the director of NBA uh, Scouts, he told my college coach, he said, look, he can come out this year, but I think if he stay another year, it would do him so much. Off half the season. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Because I, I was a sophomore. I was okay. a sophomore okay. after my junior year. Got but, you. Got but, you. So but, it was one and a half. So it was one yeah, and a half. One and a half. Right, right. Got you. Okay. But after a half a season, uh, after a half a season, the attention that I started to get, it, it was almost overwhelming. You know, not in school to become a household name. Right, right. Top homes in the country. And now now I'm starting to be rated as one of the top prospects. Not just Division Three. I'm just top prospects. You know, so, I, you know, when you're getting that type of buzz, you have to maintain that by staying prepared. So, right. You know, um, I wind up um, having a lot of success. And the, the funny thing is what a lot of a lot of people don't know. After my first, after my first year, the half a year that I did at William Patterson, I did so well that there was some Division One interest from other teams locally, yeah. like St. Peter's, uh, Monmouth, Ryder. Um, uh, it was it was about eight or nine Division One schools that were right. that were calling and trying to get a feel from my coach of what. Would I be interested in possibly transferring to there? And yeah. I'd be lying to you if I said it didn't cross my mind when he brought it to my attention because of the opportunity. Probably the opportunity to make it to where I want to probably be better at a division one. But I looked him in his eyes when he told me this, and I said, "Look, coach, everything you did to help me get back in school and give me this opportunity, like a second chance at life. I'm a lawyer. I believe in loyalty." Yeah. If for me to go wherever my destination is that I'm going to be, then I got to go from here. I'm willing to work that much harder. When I told him that, if you could, if you could have saw the look on his face, and him and I joke about this to this day, he was just like, "So you're not even going to like the look was just like to me. So you ain't not even going to consider you. This is where you want to stay, right? And like I'm big on loyalty." And and I can never repay him for giving me the opportunity and believing in me when probably everybody else done jumped off the you know what I'm saying jumped off the boat. Right, right. After that day, when I told him that we had our best practice, like because he now because I, I don't know if he probably felt like maybe he would leave. If he leave, I can't be mad at him or whatever. 
knowing that I was there and I was going to be there, uh, we just and we never looked back, you know. So I had wound up being player of the year, win patterns, all time leading scorer, all time leading three pointers, free like all type of just craziest. And this is all in two and a half years, all in two yeah, and a half, yeah. you know. So I was already locked into, and what I mean locked in, I just I knew I knew it was, I knew. When I got the opportunity, I was going to take advantage of it. And that's exactly what I did. I just took advantage of the opportunity. And it's a blessing, man, because had I not went to that, had I not been playing at that um, that Pro-Am in Newark at Branchbrook Park, maybe this would have never happened. But those were in the cars. Those were in, um, in my cars. God planned it that way. That's a part of my testimony. And I'm forever grateful for that. And it, I, I salute. My college coach Jose Rivera to this day, man. Like, if it wasn't for him, there's no telling how things would have turned out. So it's, I'm, I'm extremely grateful and blessed for that. 100, percent 100. percent Okay, so you went overseas after your Division three career. You probably did. Well, you did some summer league. Yeah, I what what I now when I when I came out when I came out the draft, I was projected to go as high as 12 in the first in the round. draft yeah, in the first round. Okay. That's the type of success that I was having in pre-draft and individual workouts. You know, I, 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 um, when I came out in the draft, Jamal Tinsley was the number one point guard, and they had me rated number two. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I was having a lot. I, I worked out a lot individually. My individual workouts with Will Solomon. Will Solomon, good friend. Man, him, him and I developed a, a great relationship um, over the years. Um we played against each other overseas. Um, so when I, you know, I was projected to go as high as 12. So when the draft came, um, I, I was close to going to Orlando in the first round with the 21st pick. I, I remember being on the phone with my agent, my agent being on the phone with Orlando, and they're going back and forth between myself and Gerald Sasser or whatever. Okay. And it was just, I was excited. And at the last minute, because he can play the one, two, and the three. He was six, seven, whatever. So I said, yeah. right. now there was um, San Antonio and Indiana. I worked out for San Antonio. The workout was pretty good. What were these? What, what, what were these workouts like back then? It was a lot of one-on-one. It was a lot of drills. Yeah, a lot of drills. A lot of lot of drills. It's kind of mixture. A lot of drills right. and a lot of one-on-one. Gotcha. But, okay. But like game-like situations to see how right. you respond. You know and and isolations. And at that time, it was a lot of isolations in NBA. So it was a mixture of drills and, you know, seeing how consistent you were shooting, seeing and what you, your footwork was like. And you felt comfortable? Uh, yeah, I felt very comfortable. Okay. I, what, what, what I put out there, my, I felt very comfortable. Okay, very, okay. very comfortable. I, I, had a, I had my workout with Indiana Pacers when Isaiah Thomas was the coach. It went so well when I at Indiana that they kept me for another day. Right. Another workout. My second workout. And then um, I, I didn't get drafted. So when with the that it was kind of deflating for me because you know when you work, you're behind off, and you felt that you did everything in your power that you could do, and you feel comfortable about it. Sometimes you could say like, ah, I ain't been there. I could have did better. Like no, I did everything, and then even my college coach felt comfortable. Even some of the the execs or the you know the scouts, they they felt good about it. You know what I mean? Right. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. I wound up not getting drafted or whatever. And I believe it all happened. Once I didn't get drafted in the first round, because nothing in the second round is guaranteed, 
I, I think my agent shifted. Matter of fact, my agent shifted to the okay. Well, let me just we gonna go to Europe because right. there, there was a few teams that wanted to invite me to vet camp or whatever. My agent had already you know thought it would be best for me to go overseas, which was the, probably the best thing that happened to me because that expanded my game so much more in terms of you know when when like it's like someone takes something away from you, like an opportunity. Yeah. All you want is just you just want the opportunity back to prove that that opportunity was well-deserved. So my first year overseas, I'm playing in Italy, and um, I averaged 31.2 points a game. Damn. And this also, is, I mean – This is with five Americans. This was five Americans. I'm talking about Dante Jones, Lamar Grid, uh, uh, Randolph Childress, uh, Chris Clack, Alvin. Like, I'm talking about uh, Dow Wilson, a bunch of household names. A bunch right. of household names. But my mindset was on kill any and everything that they put in front of me. You know what I'm right. saying? And I was just so frustrated because I was like, I'm going to show. Not, not, I, I knew for me, but I'm going to show. I'm going to show y'all that I've always been ready. If y'all, for whatever reason, y'all didn't draft me, I'm going to show y'all why y'all should have drafted me. That was my mindset going over there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm 31, 31 points a game, 31.7 points a game. And Damon I, Thornton from North Carolina State was on my team. Oh, I and know. I, he li- Man, he lives in New York now. I like yeah. Damon's, Damon's a good guy, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he has that. He has that one of the craziest dunks in college basketball history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he jumped <laughs> over. Uh, he, you know what's crazy? He was my teammate over Europe my first year. He had a dunk like that. Exactly like that. When he knocked the dude into the – um. Uh, the basket, like he dumped yeah. it, dude, to fell over. The, it was crazy, man. I actually got that on a video. I sent it to him. He's like, "Man, you got to give me a copy of that." So, <laughs> Damon's a good guy. I blew with him a lot of times, man. Great dude. dude. Now nah, he's a real great dude. But yeah. um, and, and he like he will vouch for me because he saw he saw it firsthand. He saw it firsthand. He he was saying to me, he was just like, "Yo, sometimes I just be a fan watching. You just make this look so much so much easier or whatever." Right. So, you know, and, and shout out to him, man. That's just, it's like a brother to me, man. He's a real good guy. But um, I think we have, will have actually had a chance to win the championship or really would have competed. I think we would have won. But he wound up getting hurt, so he didn't play in the playoff series. And it cost us because he, he talking about a guy that averaged 15 and 12, three blocks. You know what I'm saying? And his impact is unmatched in terms of what he brought to the table. Right, shots, rim protector. Yeah, you know, Dam- Damon's a physical presence. Like, yeah, 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 most yeah. definitely, most, and we missed that. So we wound up losing the random children in the quarterfinals or yeah. something like that. So that was a tough pill to swallow. Um, but I wound up getting MVP my first year. Um, uh, we we had a good record, finished fourth in the league. Uh, we lost in the second round in the playoffs. So I felt real good about that, and I hold that. You know, close to me because, like, when you get opportunities, you have to cash in. You have to cash in. You know, I was prepared. I was ready. I went over there, and, and I did extremely well. So I got invited to my first year out. I went to Orlando Summer League. Did well there, but they it wasn't no room or whatever. So then I went overseas. When I came back, I was with the um, I was with the New York Knicks. Okay. Summer league, 
And um, I think we was up in Westchester when we were practicing that. And right before we was going to summer league, I wound up turning my ankle or whatever. So I couldn't make it to summer league. I, I didn't even go to summer league. And um, I wound up going back overseas to uh, Italy. Back back to Italy. I played in, in um, Rome, um, first division. I'm playing with uh, Carlton Thomas, Carlton Myers, I'm saying, and Anthony Parker. Anthony Parker, one of the big-time European players. Yeah, he did He did, he did. did a lot of work in uh, Maccabi. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had a prestigious career over there. And the right. funny thing is about the Maccabi thing, before I signed with Rome after my first year, I just dominated the way I did. Maccabi was a team that was, David Blatt was a coach. And right. I talked to David Blatt for about a month and a half. We would talk at least three times a week. He right. would t- constantly tell me about Maccabi. But with everything that was going on with the war and the 9-11 towers, I was just kind of spooked about going over there. You know, But sometimes what CNN, what they show us, it's the total opposite of what's going I, I, I I was there eight years, Horace. I know. Yeah, I, I, and I didn't know. I didn't know it was like that. Like I, I always wondered what would what would it have been like had I just went to Maccabi and had a chance to play with. Because Anthony, you know, he got Anthony called me a couple of times and telling me, you know, um, hey, it's a good. Old, I know what everything's going on there. You probably don't, but it's a good, it's a good situation, and that's right. one of the top teams in Europe, not just Israel. Definitely, in Europe. definitely. 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 So a lot of uh, money, big money, big money. Big right, right, money. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I wind up just settling for Rome or whatever, which was good. It was a great situation. I what, what was the what was the reasoning for you picking Rome over Maccabi? Oh, the was, war, the war. Yeah, yeah. With everything that was going on, like I okay. said, I was kind of just spooked with. They have you sometimes. Media have you believing things, in other places are so much worse. hundred percent. Actually, when I was in Israel, when I played for Jerusalem, that's the best country I had the most fun. <laughs> and, right. And, and because it's so Americanized, like yeah, Tel Aviv is a, a beautiful tourist city. The beaches, it's just everything. Yeah, everything. So definitely, I wound up. Um, that's why. That's the only reason why. But when I got, Did you, it, I got, I got one question though. Did you like falafel or shawarma better? Oh, uh, that's a good question. So I like the falafel. I like got the falafel. You, got you. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, proceed, proceed. So, so um, <laughs> I, I wound up going to Rome, and um, I did well. We finished, we finished in the final, final four of that league. Very competitive league at the time, and at that time, arguably, argument between the best league was Italy and Spain. Right Back now, my sure. now without a doubt is Spain. Without a doubt. No holds bar in space. The Spanish league is the top league in Europe, outside of the Euro League. But um, I did real well there. I played with Anthony um, Parker, and I played along with another guy named Carl Myers. One of the big yeah, you, I mean, you can't you can't even compare it to Euro League because there's Spain leagues, there's Spain teams in Euro League, like so that's like a totally different beast, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So um, I did well. Now the, the, okay. my name started to buzz a little more back in the NBA. Started to interest. But I just, I just, I didn't want to keep doing summer league, you know, because my thing is, I don't have a problem with, with those who, who are dedicated to taking that route. But it's just yeah. like, like, there's only so much you can continue to prove to 
and yeah. from my opinion. And I don't not right. like I said, I don't not know one who does it or who chooses to take that route. I have absolutely no problem with it at all. Right. Because somebody takes I'm over in Europe to June. I got a report back in August. Summer league takes at least three weeks out of the summer. You know what I'm saying? I got my son. Yeah. I got family. It's like I, I kind of want to enjoy my summer too. So it's yeah. just like I don't mind going to summer league if I know that you're going to sign me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I wind up not just that, not just to have me out there, like right. That's, a, that's what I'm saying. Like as a yeah. as an extra body. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah, don't, yeah. I was, and I was comfortable with being over in Europe. I knew what Europe was like right now. I knew I was going to play. I knew I was going to pay. So it was kind of like, okay, I'm not really chasing it like that. I mean, if it happens, it happens. Now I wind up going to, um, and this is how I know, like, the way God works is, is, is amazing. I had a good year my second year in Italy. I wound up going to summer league with um, camp. They had, like, a summer camp, summer league camp in Seattle. Okay. I, I had a phenomenal camp. And but they weren't doing any summer league at the time. So Nate McMillan's like, you know, we're gonna keep you posted. I am gonna see what we're gonna do with the roster, but you know, we can use back a point guard behind Gary Payton. And this is what I mean. Sometimes everybody tell you it sounds good what they're telling you, but the just kind of the you can feel when it's kinda like uh, I, I, thanks, but you know nothing happens. Yeah. So you kind of just get to the point where it's just smoking mirrors, man. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, okay, all right, thanks. Well, I'll be ready. If you call, I'll be ready. If not, I understand. I'm cool. There's no, no hard feelings with me. Yeah. So um, after that that year, and now my third year, I wind up going to um, Greece, Athens, Ike. I play with Ike. We play Euroleague. Okay. So you now, were, so have, that was your first year in EuroLeague? Yeah, first year in EuroLeague. Yep. Was, that, was that an adjustment for you, playing on the EuroLeague level? Nah, it wasn't. It Honestly, I respect the high levels of Europe, but it wasn't a – it's more like those are challenges that I always look forward to. Right. Now, the physicality of the game was definitely a lot. Right. Just in terms of outside the Greek League, I'm just like, okay, this is, this is high level right here. Yeah, because look, because like a lot of people don't understand that like the highest scores in Euroleague are averaging like nineteen twenty. Right, and that's and I, it's funny that you said that because Glenn Greer averaged, I think Glenn Greer averaged twenty one points. Right, and I averaged twenty points. That's I was the second tough. leader score behind Glenn Greer. That like, and, to me that to me that's more impressive than twenty five in the league. The no, I, honestly, I, honestly, and this is no lie, twenty points on a Euroleague level. It's like the equivalent to 30 points in the NBA. It, and people, they look at me like I'm crazy, but they don't understand. See, you have an understanding because you obviously, you know, over there, you know what it's like yeah. or whatever. 20 points is thoroughly impressive over in Europe. Thoroughly impressive. I told You know what's crazy? I told people that Giannis wouldn't, Giannis wouldn't average over 27 in EuroLeague. No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I don't even know if he would average 25 because the game is so much different. It's a lot. Right. And it's, it's, a, and it's it's shorter. It's shorter. Right, right. It's shorter. Yeah. It, it, it's a little more slower. You know what I'm saying? And I told and, them if Giannis dribbled the ball down the court, they would just foul him right away and raise their hands right. up to the scoreboard. Right. <laughs> yep. Use the fouls. Don't that don't really know, they won't understand. So you and I can have conversations for days about this because you completely understand right. what it's like. Right. Some people right. don't. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Um. Uh,
So yeah, so so okay. so you averaged twenty in Euro League. How how yeah. was, how was the season go? How was the adjustment? What was it like? It was cool. It, but the funny thing of this, Detroit had just drafted a guy named I forget his name, but I played against him. Um, I played with him. He was on my team on Ike. Okay. Now every week they drafted him the year before. So the year that I was there, I played with him. Every year, I mean every game, they would send somebody just to keep tabs on him kind of see, you know, how was how was he progressing? He was a seven footer, so they kind of wanted to see how he was progressing. In the midst of them sending the guy over the guy over there to keep tabs on him, it's like every time he came, I was just showing out. I was just right. like I was just I was doing what I do, like basically. I wasn't I had no idea that they even was coming to watch him, but my agent would call me after every game or every keep me weekly updated, hey Detroit's really calling they're really interested in you and i'm kind of like I, I don't want to hear this interest of they want you to do summer league when he's talking to summer league i'm like dog i'm not doing no summer league because it's almost it's redundant it's the same thing over and over and, uh, and i'm just like man, i'm not doing no summer league and i had really had my well, mind did, did you think that this might be a different situation because he saw you play so much no i didn't know that they saw me play oh, okay. so much my agent okay. was telling me, like he was just okay. telling me that um that they were they were they were kept kept contacting him, you know, they okay. were really high on me. Gotcha. I didn't find this out till I play I actually played some league and Dumars told me and basically what I'm telling you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, wow. So my agent, I thought my agent was just telling me that because you know how they always want to keep good bonds with each other. You know, oh yeah, I get my guy to come to summer league because they you know they don't want to burn any bridges. But right, um, right, 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 right. So he was telling me this and I'm just like, oh man, okay, they said that before. Now this person said that now they want. Whatever. So anyway, uh I wind up that I had a good year in Greece or whatever. I averaged about 18 in the um Greek league and I averaged 20 in the Euro League. Um now I go I come back home. So Detroit invited me to Summer League. And this is no lie. I I rejected the Summer League. My agent, I told him no. But my I told my agent no. My agent told them, okay, send a ticket. Oh my he, God. He calls me and tells me, Oh yeah, your your flight leaves at this at X amount of time tomorrow. I said, why did you I told you I'm not doing summer league? I was not going to do summer league <laughs> so my mom telling me yo you know you know you know what's funny though how, how how things have changed for you at first you were you were excited at one point to go to a division three school and now you're turning down summer league <laughs> right right you know what I mean? you got, there's some there's some perspectives to that though yeah you know yeah, I mean? yeah 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 <laughs> my my mom and i have people telling me like hey man you gotta go they sent your ticket you can't and honestly i i'm not gonna say i didn't care but it like why should it be such a big deal with me when I told my agent that I wasn't going? Because right. he decided to say, "Okay, uh, he'll be there or whatever." Like, don't don't do that to me. Like, you didn't discuss that. with that's not what we discussed. Yeah, that's crazy. For we sure. sat on the phone for almost a half hour talking. I'm, talk I'm telling you my reasons why I don't want to do it. Yeah, you know, I've done this for three, four years, and like nothing has come out of this. You know what I'm saying? Not that I'm discouraged, but it's kind of like. What's the opportunity? Am I just an extra body? 
Is it a real strong possibility of me making the team? Because I don't want to cut into my summer. I got to report back here the middle of August. So that's three weeks out of my summer again. All right. So I got I got a few people to finally convince me to go. I wasn't packed or nothing. Now, this is the night before. I wasn't even packed the morning of. My flight left like maybe 10, 11 o'clock, something like that. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm not even packed. I got to be at the airport maybe about 8.39. Right, so right. They're putting some stuff together or whatever. And I, this is no lie. I'm pissed the whole way there. Because I didn't want to go. I'm pissed. Like, man, I should just. And then I don't want, I don't want, I didn't want to put that on my name. That, okay, they get the ticket or whatever. Not that the ticket is any money to the, to the NBA. I ain't losing no money. They just a multi-billion dollar business or whatever. But just the, for me, for me, just the, the principle behind it. Like, you yeah. don't want that. You don't want that because now all it takes, all sentiments, and they get around. Now teams are completely back up. You look, you looked at the bigger picture, and you thought it was in your best interest to go. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, did. I looked at the bigger picture. So, um, um, like I said, the whole time there, I'm pissed off. I, I cause I didn't want to go. Yeah. Now I get there, Scott Perry did. I get there, you know, he greet me, Horace, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm kind of, hey, what's up, Scott? How you doing? Boom, boom. He's like, yo, we're excited to have you here, man. We've really been keeping a lot of um, watching you all. Yeah, man, seeing you killing over there. And, and when he said that to me, I'm just like, well, damn, is, is he saying this or did my agent tell him this? But some of the stuff that he was saying to me in our conversation, he had to actually have seen or someone has seen some of the things. Yeah, I remember the game against Boom Boom Boom, and I remember this. That's what kind of loosened me up a little bit. Like, okay, so maybe, maybe I do have something. Maybe I'm not just a body here, you know? Right, 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 right. So we play our first summer league game. I wind up having maybe like ten points, six assists, but I'm just controlling the tempo of the game. Ricky, I think Ricky Paulden was a guy that they drafted. You know, I'm dishing the ball to him, getting him shots, creating, running, facilitating, everything, everything. And I'm just thinking it's a regular game. You know, I had a, you know, okay, it's summer league or whatever. We're out eating. Stop. We're out eating. And uh, Dumas sees me. He said, hey, Horace, um, let me speak to you for a minute. So I goes over there. He was like, what's up, man? Glad to have you here. He said, listen, you look real good out there. Keep doing what you're doing. He said, listen, when you come back to the hotel, this is my, um, my room. I want you to um come holler at me, man. I got some things I want to tell you. I said, all right. So I'm still not thinking nothing. I'm probably just thinking as we can have a conversation. Like, look, keep up the good work. Maybe we probably give you an opportunity. When I get back to the hotel, I goes up to Joe Dumas' room. And he was like, hey, man, I'm happy to have you here. You look real good out there. I think you'll be the perfect, perfect compliment to Chauncey, man. So, you know, we seriously think about signing or whatever. So, you know, I stopped for a minute. I was just like, but the look I gave him was just like, come on, man. Don't, if you're going to do it, just do it. And his exact words to me was, look, I, I know that look. I know you're looking at me like, look, I ain't blowing smoke up your behind. You know, I'm telling you, we've been following you all year. Washington, you know what I The guy that you play with is one of my guys. And we've been, you know, every time we go keep tabs on him, you just standing out. We watching you have success after success after success after success. And he said, we're going to sign you. I said, okay. He said, so just keep doing what you're doing. 
and some you know out here and right after this you know we'll fly you out this is the exact words the same way my college coach said that to me about getting back in school i felt that when dumar said that it was different it wasn't like when i heard it from other people right it put me so much at ease for the rest of the summer league you know what i'm saying i didn't tell nobody i didn't tell anyone or whatever but it put, it helped put me so much at ease and i was just able to play or whatever we wound up we wound up going five and one in summer league i only lost it to the bobcats or whatever and um they had gerald wallace and a few other guys but um after summer league i wound up going out to detroit and signed and signing the contract um did a little press conference and it was it, it vindicated so in such a high regard because you know you work so hard to fulfill a dream or, or put yourself in a position to fulfill a dream and for it to come to fruition the way that it did because it wasn't the it wasn't the traditional route you know what i'm saying Definitely. like i had a lot of detours and, you know i went overseas I, I was out of school for a little bit went back to school and it was just like it, it, I, it, I thank Dumar. i said man look i think i thank you a lot man because a lot of people you know, throughout the course of my journey, kind of gave up on me. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to say gave up on me, but, you know, I guess, yeah, they, yeah, they gave up on me. You know what I'm saying? They, think that I they, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't believers. Right, right, right. That, that's, the be- that's the better word. They, right. they didn't believe it. Right. And, um, it just, like, I remember first, our first preseason game, I put that jersey on and had my name. It was just like, like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just couldn't believe it, you know, and just the way that my city, embrace me like I feel like I made it for everyone because so many of us had to to make it to that level and you know be able to to fulfill dreams that you know we see things we see on TV and for me to actually live it I feel like I was I, I accomplished that for everyone you know what I'm saying and like the way that it embraced me it just it was a different feeling that that was one of the better experiences of my life you know what I mean because I set a I set a um a goal for myself. You know, I fulfilled a lifelong dream. And at one point in time in my life, you know, I was a part of a fraternity of the best four hundred and something basketball players in the world. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Oh, so, and it I looked at that di- because I remember being at a, a family gathering. It was me, you know, all my family, and my uncle said to me, he said, he said, nephew, I just want you to know, man, I'm real proud of you. And when he said that, I said, thanks, man. God pray. He said, nah, nah, like, I really want you to understand how proud I am of you. And I said, thanks. He said, listen, in my lifetime, I got a chance to experience my nephew become one of the best basketball players in the world. And I never really looked at it like that, Drew, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just kind of like, you you live in a dream. You live in a moment, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when he said, you know, I, I, just, I couldn't believe it. I just, because... It you didn't. You didn't, real, you didn't realize it because you were working. No, I didn't. You were working. I didn't. You were working. The I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he said that, like I just stared at him for about two minutes, and he was like, "Yeah, you one of the best basketball players in the world," and I just like, "Wow," you know what I'm saying? And it was just like everything that I ever worked for. It was. It was validated. It was right. extremely validated. So, you know, and. I got a chance to be a part of something special. I was a part of the finals. I, I built a, some great relationships with, with that team. That team was special. 
I still uh, in contact with some of those guys to the day. And, you know, Dumars was a man of his word. And the city of Detroit was good to me. I enjoyed the year that I was there and, you know, the experiences that I was able to, um, to be fortunate enough to have. And um, it was just, it was everything. It was everything that I envisioned times 10. You know what I'm saying? Whatever I, whatever you think it is, times that times 10. And that's what it was to me. You know, and um, the funny thing about that is Dumars, Dumars really was a fan of mine. He liked me a lot. And he was actually um, considering, strongly considering, you know, had I really agreed to it, to giving me a, a, a two year, a one plus one. Right. You know, um, and he told me, look, you know, I really like you. I want you to really stay here. But And he also knew, like, Larry Brown was tough on rookies, man. <laughs> Larry Brown, like, you're a rookie or a young player, like, he's tough on you. You know, the demands yeah. are extremely high. You know what I'm saying? You don't really get too much rope. <laughs> so to go from having and a lot, a lot more freedom to just being – very restricted, you know, it wasn't the easiest thing, but you know, I made the best out of it, you know what I'm saying? What, 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 was, pra- what was practice like during the season? With the Very competitive, like Chauncey and I, like, we would compete at such a high, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, so the practices were great, you know. Now, for the younger guys, it was a little more difficult because I Brown will be honest, man. Whew. <laughs> Right. But um, the, the practices were great, though. And uh, at the end of the year, um, like I said, we was actually working on a one plus one. But what Detroit, the team in, Jeru- the team in Jerusalem had just got a, um, a new owner, billionaire Russian guy. And um, Jerusalem was trying to bring up the power. Signing Roger Mason Jr. first. Then they signed Mario Austin second or whatever. Then he was looking for a point guard. But I was actually yeah. in the process of trying to sign back with um Detroit. And what Detroit was willing to give me for the one plus one year, the, the, the second year minimum, um Jerusalem offered gave me what they were trying to give me. They gave me that they double it. Yeah. And it's tax free. Yeah. So it just it made so much sense to me, man. It's kind of like Okay, because it, you know the thing about it when when they they offered the contract, my agent told me. So I said, "All right, I I, I look over it, I see." But when he sent the contract, it's totally different from like if I tell you, "Okay, I'll give you," we want to sign you for the year for, to say seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Okay. That sounds that sounds great and crazy. And I, but when, if I fax you the contract and you actually see those numbers, it's different, man. Yeah. It's different. You know what I'm saying? So, man, that that contract didn't even get all the way through the printer. I signed it. You know what I'm saying? I said, I'm going back overseas. But so I you just, I, basically, you were going to make a lot more money if you went right, back right, through it. Right, right, right. And I, and I wound up signing or whatever. And I knew that I was going to play. I could, we were playing in the ULEP Cup. And so... You know, I wound up leading the ULEP Cup in scoring. Uh, we wound up losing in the Final Four to Dino Moscow, who eventually became a EuroLeague team or whatever. But that year was good. Then the following year, I wound up going to um, Istanbul. I played with Efes Pearson. 
Um, play with Drew Nicholas, Marcus Hayslip. Uh, I led our team in scoring in the Euro League. So in the Euro League, it was just for me. I was comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, um, Europe was just. Uh, you know, I had a lot of success, man. I was pretty blessed and pretty fortunate to be able to, you know, have the opportunities that I had. Because, and when I say I was blessed, every every country that I played in, I was in a major city. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, my, yeah. Like my, because once you start going to those, once you start going to those smaller cities, you get isolated. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and your perception of Europe totally changed. You know what I'm saying? It totally changed. It have you thinking all of Europe is like that? So I was fortunate. My first my first year, I was 20 minutes from Milan. My second year, I was in Rome. My third year, I was in Athens, Greece. You get what I'm saying? So it's kind of like I only knew the good parts of Europe. I didn't know right. what the smaller countries or the smaller cities were like. You know, then I went to the NBA. Then I went to Jerusalem. Then I went to Istanbul, Turkey. I went back to Jerusalem. You know, then I went to um, Bologna. Um, so it was just like I, I was extremely, extremely fortunate, man, to have the 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 type of experiences that I had, man. And it's a true blessing. Like I and I know. You know, we're speaking a lot, but it's it's just so much more to the story or whatever. And, you know, I would like to get a lot more in depth with it, you know, in person. So you can actually, you get a better feel for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, I, you know, right. I know you told me that you were in New York, not too far from me or whatever. But this is kind of like, this is kind of the basis of how everything turned out. You know, how was the detour took me here to go there and eventually winded me up here. So. You know, it's a true blessing, man. It's a true blessing. For sure, for sure. A few a few last things. Um, throughout your whole process, did you believe the whole time you were going to the NBA? I knew it. I knew it. Even when you were I, working in the post office? I knew it. I knew it. You know, because for me, for me... I, and, and, like, and also, before I say that, nothing against people that work in the post office. I love right. right no, no, nothing at all. Nothing yeah, at all. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I nothing at all. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's just that with anything in life, right? Before it can ever become a reality, it has to become your mentality. You got to speak that into existence. You get what I'm saying? Like, so for me, like I knew, I knew, I watched some, I watched a lot of NBA. I played against a, um, and see what really, what really kept my confidence sky high. Every summer I was playing against pros. And right. the point that I played in, I was playing against pros. And I was having a lot of success against these pros that's having a lot of success in the NBA. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like, I knew once I got the opportunity. I, but, I, but Horace, there, there's a lot of guys who have a lot of success against pros in the summer and never play anywhere. Right, right. You're right. You're right about that. You're right. But my, my belief within myself, I said, once I get the opportunity, Right. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna kick the door down. I'm. I'm you follow, I knew you follow through with everything too. Right. You, right. You're persistent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what's crazy? One of the infamous. One of the infamous Jersey stories that you know you should probably dig into it that you'll hear is when I was at William Patterson. I think it was my. I don't want to say my might have been my junior year. I was playing in the Jersey Shore summer league. And, um, I played against uh, Jay Will, Jay Williams, that went to Duke. Right, right. Now at ESPN, this time, ESPN now, ESPN now. Right, 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 right. Now at this time, at this time, 
Um, I met William Patterson. I, I, you know, I might have been a C. I, I might have been going into my senior year. Okay. But he was rated the number one point. And Jay Wills had a phenomenal, one of the better college careers that, that I've seen, that I've uh, witnessed. I should say 100%, 100%. that. 100%. Right. So he was highly touted. Dick Vitale regarded him the best point guard on the planet. You know. Yeah. Now, we, we playing in the Jersey Shore Summer League, Pro-Am League. I um I got a lot of my my family friends from Elizabeth coming up, you know, because I used to put on a show out there. Yeah. He got a lot, a lot of his his you know people's coming up, and we clash. And this game, this game that I'm telling you about, I had forty nine nine and nine, and I think that's when forty nine points, nine rebounds, nine assists, and six steals. I think that's when, if there were any doubt, that traveled so fast when that happened, that it was like, I like, I immediately became, like, I, I, I can't, I don't even understand, I know the right word for it, but it was kind of like, it was stamped. Yeah. It was stamped. Like, people knew, people saw, but sometimes people still don't, don't want to accept or believe. But after that, you know, because Jay Will was looked at as a god, but for me, like, I thought he was a great player, but I didn't look at him like that when I was on the court. Like, you're, you're, you're the ops. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not caught up in where you at. I go to this school, you go to that school, or you're this person, I'm that person. We tie shoes the same way, and when we step on the court, all that goes out the window. Yeah. So I was just locked in. I was just locked in. And if you, you know, ask a few people, I'm quite sure that's one of the things that have come up, and that's what really started the the buzz started to just get crazy because now people wanted to know, like, damn, like, I'm not just outside of the tri-state. Yo, who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this guy? You know what I mean? And I did leave something else out when I was in college. I won the, uh, the college dunk contest as oh, well. That's only dope. division three player there, yeah. Yeah, if, that was all a part you, of the process of yeah, my that, senior year. That's great. That was probably great exposure, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great exposure. Yeah. That was great exposure. Okay, so uh, a couple more things before we get out of here. Who? So just for the listeners to get an idea, is there a player now or even in the past that you feel like your game was kind of like or or you could compare to? It's crazy because I really don't like to do the comparing things. Yeah, me, but yeah, I, me neither. I, me neither. I, I know that there were similarities of my game to – especially when I was in college. I always got the Allen Iverson got thing. You, I remember you. playing. I remember playing, and we played in Chris, at Christopher Newport, and Allen Iverson's from Newport News, Virginia. Right. And they did a big article on me, and they, the headline was "A Poor Man's Iverson." Oh <laughs> man, I, I didn't know if I, I should feel offended by that or you. Know what I'm yeah, I mean, because because you're like you don't want to be a poor man's anybody. You don't right, 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 right. I want to be a, a rich man's Horace. You know what right, I'm right, saying? Right, 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 right. But I mean, it was it was cool because you know it, it was kind of a sign of respect yeah, yeah, in definitely. terms of ability to, to to be compared to a guy of that stature, that type of ability, you know, to be mentioned. But just I just didn't have the finances that he had, you know what I'm saying? So I guess that's why they said that. Um, so I, I was often compared to him. But if it's a guy now who I would, if I just watch and say compa- the comparability, yeah. It would be uh, probably Damon Lillard. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Damon Lillard. Like, I just kind of, while watching his game, I see some similarities and things that I, 
you know, ways that I used to play and kind of, you know, just that kind of. I feel like I feel like Dame's game is predicated off shooting, though. Was yours? I, I developed that, yeah. like I I I developed a a real deadly off the dribble shot gotcha, or whatever. Gotcha. But I I think my ability to get to the basket was just more, right? A lot more explosive than. And no disrespect to Dame, I think Dame's a hell yeah. of a player, a great player. But yeah. I'm just saying in terms of. Com- compatibility. No, you know yeah, what I'm no, no. Some players are just predicated their game off getting to the rim, but they can shoot, and then there's shooters that can get to the rim. Like right, yeah. and 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 Dame's really able to control his defenders with just his kind of. It, it's a, it's like a herky jerky. Like you don't know if he's gonna hesitate, pull up. You gonna know if he's gonna hesitate, and it's control. You know? It's very right, right. right. It's, it's very under control. Yeah, and he's he's always able to get that off because he keeps the defender off balance. Right, you know what I'm saying. Right. So that's why I said that. So in terms of compa- comparability, and uh, and and another guy who just a lot of people I know since I moved out to Pennsylvania called like, yo, you, you your game is similar to Lou Wills. Now this is maybe the older. Me, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah. You know, will just have a real smooth game. He's he able does. to get his shot and get his offense off. It doesn't matter who's on him. You know what I'm saying? And before you look up, he got 28 points. Like, damn, he scored 10 there, five there. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. All right. So when I, you know, this is interesting because when somebody, so when a kid tell, tells me that he wants to go to the NBA, it's kind of like it's both sides that I kind of think about. You know, like obviously it's tough to get get to the NBA, but right. somebody has to make it, right? You know, right. So when I when I when I rate for Austin on the show, he was like, "I tell my son he's not going to make it, man. Like you're not going to make the NBA." <laughs> right. I was like that's crazy. Um, how do you feel when your son, if he one day tells you, "Dad, I want to go to the NBA," like what what would you and, tell him? And see, you have to be like I respect what Rayford. I, I respect his stance on why he's saying that. Because the chances, the, the chances is what is it? Is three yeah. percent less, bro? Less, 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 less. Less than 3%. Like, that's so you have to be real. Like, that 3% of people, like, that's very rare. This is a huge world, and the, the game is becoming a lot more global than ever. So, a right. lot more Europeans are even getting drafted. That's limiting the NBA spots even more. So, right. the chances are like, if this is really what you're going to do, like, it ain't no days off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to discourage or shatter your dreams, but, like, I try to be as honest as I possibly can. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's a it's lot a, it's to a, get it's, to a hard, it's a hard thing to, to talk about with kids. Cause, right, right, cause right, like, right. Like, like, what I just said is that it's Super, super, I mean, it's very difficult and hardly anybody, not a lot of people make it. But on top now, but, I will, but, I will, but I won't go that route with Rayford. I won't just say you're not going to make it to the NBA because <laughs> I, I always want to keep that glimmer of hope right. for my child. I mean, the, the, and, like, and if I can, and I'm quite sure it, it, there's a tactic behind why Rayford is doing it, you know what I'm saying, to try to get right son to get him to believe. And, you know, and, and instead of telling him, I want to make the NBA. I'm gonna show you that I'm willing to work to get to the NBA, and I, I'm quite sure that, that, that that's a tactic. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? the fact of the matter. So I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't tell my, I wouldn't tell my, I would tell my son like, look, it's gonna take a lot of work, and what the one one of the most important things about this whole NBA thing, and what people don't understand, you have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm talking about very comfortable with being uncomfortable, because the sacrifices that you have to make. Some people will never understand. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like the grind. That I, take. I mean, there, there, 
there's players that never made the NBA that made crazy sacrifices as well, you know, right. just just basketball in general. Right. And that's the truth. And because, yeah, like, you have to, because what I, in order to make it to the NBA, this, this people that have the same uh, dream or same. Now, once you make it to the NBA, everyone has talent. Some yeah. Type of talent. Exactly. Right. There's some people that's great at things. But there has to be something, something that separates you from if you're in a room with 50 people and 48 of y'all doing the same thing, I can any many money move. Okay, I can African, maybe I can because of But if you're in a room with 50 people and you stand out because of something that you do, now the decision to, man, I like this guy because I know that he can do this better than yeah. anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Consistently, consistently. Right, consistently. A guy, right. Like, a guy like Patrick Beverly. I really respect his grind because he embraced his role. Yeah, yeah. and he started overseas as well. Right, right. Right, right, right. He's a dog, and he embraced just defending the hell out of people, just aggravating people and really getting under their skin. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you have to be able to do something that stands out. So for people, you know, like that, I respect. And that's like an underdog role that he took, but he embraced it. You know what I'm saying? And I pulled for underdogs because I came from a division three school. So, like, to go back to what you're saying about Rayford, like, I always want to let them know that it's possible. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes yeah. kids get caught up in, I got to go to division one school. I got to get. Sometimes big time schools aren't for everybody. And it's not. not right. Look at, Dan, look at Dane. Right. We were just right. About Dane. Yeah. Not right. necessarily in the sense that you can't play there, but. Go somewhere where you're going to have an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like an yeah, opportunity yeah. to really play. You know, I think a lot of times some people go to schools because of the name. But the yeah. name might not fit your game. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or what's the, like, what's the use of, like, for instance, a guy that was a five-star recruit, right, used to having the ball in his hand all the time, you know, used to kind of, you know, really, really being, everything being centered around him, I don't yes. think it's a good idea to go to a school where it's six, seven other five star people because it, it doesn't it doesn't mesh most of the time. You know what I'm saying? Because right. you have to play a role. You have to accept now when you don't get as many opportunities as you had, it kinda looks like it was in high school. But that's not the that's not the case. It's more so predicated off of excuse me, it's more so predicated off of Maybe that system don't fit you. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, like, and I say this all the time. It's the same thing with with a bunch of times, the most improved player award. A right. lot of times the player just gets in a better situation. Like, that's it. That's not that he improved that much. Right, you know? right, right, right. No, I'm telling you, I like that you said that because that's so true. 90% yeah. of the NBA is being in the right situation. 90% right. of the NBA is being in the right situation. You get some people that, that get in situations and they really blossom because the situation is right for them. And, you know, we, I think now the NBA is more so trending towards um, bringing, in, bringing in guys or players that fits their system or building their system to where it's catered towards whatever player they draft and strength. You know what I'm saying? Like a guy like, uh, what's his name, Trey uh, from Atlanta? Trey Young, Trey Young. Right. A lot of people didn't think that his game would translate to the NBA the way that it is now. But what Atlanta does is cater their offense to what he's strong at. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he does. He didn't tail off at all. 
he's dominating this shit. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So is it the right situation? Is it Dane Miller, Portland, the great situation for him? They built that around him, catered to his strengths. You know what I'm saying? I think, believe, Tony Parker, when he came out, that system, Popovich system, and some, I don't know something about that San Antonio system, man. It, yeah. It, it brings the best out of the area. It's like, he, he like Bill Belichick. It don't matter yeah. who he put in that system. You know, you just you look, you have success, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, he find, I mean, he has a vision for guys, and some of these guys, nobody else even give a chance to. Right. He has a vision for them, and it worked yeah. out for him. Yeah. Yep. Well, the more the moral of the story, Horace, is that somebody got to make it, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> and I, I, I aspire to inspire. You know what I'm saying? Like because of my story, I know that there's a lot of people that may be listening out there, or a lot of people just in general that's out there that's going through some of the experiences that I went through or some of the obstacles or adversity that I faced. And I'm just yeah. let them know that, listen, man, don't never get discouraged or derailed by anything. If, if you have a goal of yours in life, whatever it is, it, that doesn't necessarily have to be basketball, attack it. Attack Definitely. it. And only, and only good things will happen. Right. You know, and that's, that's the reality of it. Sometimes I think people, people like, I wouldn't call it failure that I had, but those obstacles of me failing was actually a form of success for me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because 100%. In order to become successful, you have to fail. You have right. to fail. Now, if I you... Mean that, I mean, if you're failing, if you're failing, that means you're doing. Right. You know? Right. Right. That's, yeah. that's a perfect analogy. But yeah. failure is a form of success yeah. because true competitors don't... Failure doesn't sit well with them. Losing doesn't sit well with them. But in order to win, you have to learn, know how to lose. Yes. You know, losing, you have to go through the trials of losing, you know what I'm saying, in order to win. Because I, I, I've never forget, I've always been a part of winning situations. At high school, coming up, everywhere I played, I've always won. So you get to a point where you're spoiled. I had uh, my year in um, Fortitude in Italy. We lost maybe four, five games in a row. Now, you know you play once a week. Right. Five yep. games in a row, you're playing once a week for like five months because it feel like you just can't get a win for nothing. Yeah, it goes both ways, and you feel great for a week when you win, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> right. So yeah. I remember that feeling. And the game we won our sixth game, I said, look, I, I can't do this no more, man. Like, like I, I called the beat, look, because it's losing, thing. I'm not used to it. Now, if right. you, I'm not a poor loser by no stretch of imagination. But I, losing not cool with me. I don't like losing. No right. video game, no nothing. You know what I'm saying? Even, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> even if I'm like, if I'm, I'm playing one of my clients a shooting contest, I want to win. I, I just right. that's me. That's my competitive nature, and I hope that like I know when I coach, it it became essential because I like they knew that I that that I was competitive. I wanted to win. Now I didn't never point the finger if we lost or whatever, you know. But they understood my drive to winning. Was just on another level I, because that's what I'm used to, you know. Right. And that's that. That's how I attack life now. So, like to the listeners, like I just want to, you know, if there's anything out there that you that you want that you're shooting for that you're trying to accomplish, attack it. You know what I'm saying? Attack it. Like, and I tell my clients now, like, you know, I've been doing the training thing since I stopped playing for about 
10 years. And it's really expanded over the last two years. I got over 65 clients. Um, wow. I'm really dedicated to it, you know, and it's something that I'm really putting my all into because I enjoy being able to teach. And, and what I mean by teach, I believe there's so many different, I, th- I think anybody can train, can train a kid. Right. It's the teaching aspect that I think sometimes get lost because th- you can put a kid through drills or a drill or whatever it is. But if a kid doesn't understand why he's doing this drill or the specific reason why, then it's kind of, then you're just doing something. You know what I'm saying? You're just doing he's a, The kid is just sweating pretty much. Right. That, that's pretty much it. That's yeah, pretty much right. it. Right. I, three days in a row, I just I trained a couple of my clients. And this is no exaggeration. I had them say to me, Coach Harris, the, the way that you explained this to me, my coaches doesn't even explain it to me like that. You make so much sense out of what you're saying. And that's just from all experience of what I experienced. You know what I'm saying? Just right. So much throughout the course of my basketball career. There's not a defender that I haven't saw, a defense that I haven't faced against. So I'm just going off of everything that I experienced, where right. I had my success at. So I try to break that. I like I will give a kid a basic move, but I will show them four to five counters out of that basic move. Now, what that does is expand their trust and reacting to what they see. So if they see something, they trust it right away. Because if they take this away, I can counter to this. If they take this away, I can counter to this or this. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the teaching aspect of or whatever. And what I had to what I had to learn is patience because Sometimes as a basketball player, when you have success, you expect people to want it like you had it all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like that. And I had to learn that fast. I had to learn that fast. So, you know, I just wanted to put that out there or whatever. But um, for anybody that's listening, I mean, you can um, hit me up on Instagram, RSJ3D. Or, or you can hit me yeah, up. If they, if they want to train with you, what's the best way to contact you? Instagram? My, my, yeah, my website. My website. Um, okay. you know, go on Facebook. It's Horace J, J, J 3D Elite Basketball. You know, it'll tell you everything. Got all my information um, up there or whatever. You can set an appointment out. I got a, a app where you can um, book appointments or whatever. You want to, um, you know, a complimentary workout just to see if you like it, what I um, provide, or, you know. What air? What air? What area of uh, you're in Jersey, right? No, no, I'm in Pennsylvania. Oh, you're Pennsylvania. What area of Pennsylvania do you mostly train at, and do you travel? Yeah, I, I would travel. I would. Yeah. That's one of the things I want to start doing. It, it's the demands is so high with my clients now, so I'm more locally because of that or whatever. But with basketball season about to start up or whatever, I would definitely travel. I have no problem with traveling. You know, I'm 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 definitely a. Uh, um, open to it and that's something that you know my wife and I are looking to do in terms of really expanding expanding it to a whole nother a level or whatever I've done it before the traveling thing but like I said since the demands got so high I had to slow down with it because it would, it would be actually taken away from the your, ba- your, ba- your base your base right right, right. yeah got you so let's do this let's do this let's put your website in the description of the uh-huh. podcast and we'll, we'll okay. do it like that and they can contact you all right, Harris. Talk soon, man. Really appreciate you, bro. No problem. Thank you for listening to Combo's Court and big shouts to Horace for joining in. We appreciate you. 
check out the Combos Court Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the description for that. Take a screenshot of this episode, post it on your IG stories, tag me at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. I'll repost it. Be on the lookout for episode 118, Combo.